Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Hi, welcome to the interview series. I'm Zane. Thanks for joining us once again for a conversation with someone who I've known for more than 15 years now. 2005, 2006, Arctic Monkeys emerged on the scene with the demo tape that was. The only thing anybody could listen to or talk about for a period of time was this collection of songs the band had recorded locally in Sheffield that had done the rounds and finally made it to me while I was at BBC Radio 1 looking for a song to play as our hottest record in the world. And on that day, my friend Rob played me, I bet you look good on the dance floor and the effect it had on us was the effect it had on millions of people immediately which is why we played it straight away on the show that night and from there it seemed to happen incredibly fast for Arctic Monkeys their debut album was recorded flawless number one record breaking album number two came quick headlining festivals from Reading and Leeds to Glastonbury just unheard of levels of success for a band that was still in their late teens early 20s how do you survive that you go to the desert with Joshua Homme from Queens of the Stone Age and make a brilliant album one that definitely confused some fans the first two but ultimately earned the band a future to travel as far and wide as they want and that's where we find them far away from where they started talking about their latest album The Car with Alexander Turner once again on the interview series I think that when I listen to this album and any of the music you've made since you came out in 2006, I've asked myself every time, do I even know this band at all? And it's the best <laughs> question I could possibly ask at that moment. Um, I know you you would never be so cerebral as to as to as to assume that's that's going to be asked, but because you just, I guess, you're just following your gut every time. But man, you followed it down the beautiful road on this record, Alex. Thank I you. Not thank you as a fan enough for what you made. I beg your pardon, sorry. He <laughs> wants me to say it again. No, I, I, no. Can't, I cannot thank you enough for making okay. what you've made. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I know you're putting it out, so you're proud of it. Does it feel like something you can, you have any sort of objectivity over? or Like, what is it? We started making it a, what feels like a long time ago now, and it probably is a longer time than it normally would be mm. when we're in this, having this conversation. Mm. Now we're in that sort of starting to, play it and it's becoming something else almost now to when did you start it let's get a timeline cooking i started it here actually the introduction of mirrorball and that whole song really it was that was the that was the point yeah yeah a couple of years ago where that was the first thing i found that i thought this is the this is the way to go i yeah. feel like that might be one of the best things you've ever written honestly as a fan like we know each other but as a fan I was floored when I heard that. I'm assuming that just came out of nowhere. The the I'd had the introduction to it kicking around for a bit, but the I think when I figured out how to sort of get it into the how to sort of make that into a, you know moving the direction of a pop song was the kind of the turning point and the door opened to like where I thought it, we should be head in spent like the next two years trying to figure out what else should go with that really like i think in the past with the other records there has usually been a moment a bit like that where you kind of i don't know if, with am it probably do i want to know and you sort of in the you sort of realize you've found a place to go yeah and get a bit excited about it mm. I hate using this word, but I can't think of a different word to use. It's a sexy song. It's a song that's kind of got a tempo to it that feels like, okay, we're going to lean into groove here. 
we're going to have some real bottom end kicking in here. I'm going to be able to talk my talk in a certain way. That is, a, to me, desperately sad song. <laughs> right. Arrangement, musicality, just that little moog or whatever that's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing, the strings at the end, which take us into a bit of a Marvin Gaye space. The whole thing is just like, oh, like I'm... I put it on to feel like feel something, and and I can imagine that if that's your north star, that's going to take a lot of work to try and find friends for that. That that's I I didn't realize that the, that in the moment, but I think yeah, it was to the to the point where sometimes it's like oh this it, this isn't the record we should make yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah but it was always it, that was the the there was that and the, something else that didn't kind of end up in the final cut, but that were kind of felt like they were the start and the finish of it. And yeah, the trying to find what was, what went in between took a while to reveal itself. Well, also as a band who came out kicking doors down as youth should and making racket and playing fast and to, to get to a place where everybody's comfortable enough in their own ability to play way less. Yeah. Do way less. How even as, as a group of friends who know each other so well as you know each other, how do you get to a place where you're all in agreement that that's how that should go? Because the law of physics would suggest someone would be like, I'm ready to play. Yeah. It's, it's been a minute. Let me play. I guess, I don't know, as, as time has gone on, you, you you know, you're still a part of the thing when you're, when you're the one not playing. <laughs> like I think it's, it's kind of, it's somewhat that sort of the, where it feels like, like it's still it's it's still you that's not playing serving a different purpose yeah for, for the greater good which is ultimately to see the song through to something you can all be proud of right yeah and I think we're in I think we're sort of in rough agreement about where the, you know what this thing is or can be now as a fan I fall deeply in love with every one of your albums and then secretly hope that you're going to pick up where you left off and you don't maybe with the exception of the first two. Right. The second one felt like, okay, because it was turned around real quick and it was like, all right, cool, you know, this works. Let's just go fast and we'll go better and we'll go harder and there were differences. But it was like, okay, there's a relationship there. I don't really hear too much of a relationship between your albums. Do you? Do you think that way or do, 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 you, do you agree with what I'm saying and it feels like it's a fresh start every time and whether you mean to or not? The thing I keep thinking about or like the, the thing that's the same about them all is it's you're still listening to that same instinct that you were in the first place and it's trying to find a way to trust that I suppose in the space between Arctic Monkeys albums do you feel like the next Arctic Monkeys album is is guaranteed or do you allow yourself space to imagine a life without it certainly with this one it always seemed you know I remember the end of the tour in 2019 it was then I was thinking let's go get back in straight away and kind of take some of that live energy in, mm. in one of these rooms and try and get after something like that which is kind of really amusing now when you hear the way the record has I hear it all the time. come out like, i hear it all the time is that, yeah is that, am i the first person to say that no yeah. unfortunately no i well, no unfortunately just you know i mean i think it's one of those things that you have this feeling with that okay this is where we're going to go from here but just the instinct is somewhere else yeah like you sort of almost the moment you have that thought it's kind of like it's forget redundant. about it it's yeah. redundant almost yeah 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 there's there's one there's a song kind of I've written and there is footage of me playing it in 
backstage in Mexico in 2019, and it's I'm I'm, all, I'm it's like all downstrokes. I'm kind of trying to I, I can see in there. the footage like I'm trying to get I'm trying to get there, and then I don't know. I suppose you just get off the road and suddenly it's. But yeah, that's where it, I, I remember that was the the the, the thought of in, at that moment in time was. Let's try and make a song that we can t- close the show with. I don't know why I'm laughing, but yeah, it, it's all. I mean, it's a, it's a really it's a really val- valiant thought. Yeah, it very rarely works. As, yeah, it's just like let's go, you know, let's do something big. <laughs> You're staring down the barrel of thirty years of Are You Mind if you don't write. So it's just like, how do we break that spell? Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. I think you have to sort of one reprise too many of that. We've got to find another way out of here. (laughs) (laughs) But what I will say is whilst this record doesn't have something like that, it remains to be seen whether it does, I suppose. But I do feel like there's something about the essence of that idea of like a show closing thing that kind of has like filtered through it in some vague way. It's very reflective for me listening to this record. It's... uh at a moment in my life when I'm going through quite a lot of reflection, it's it's arrived at a perfect time. And I, and I put it on and I find myself really kind of, everything slows down and stops. The pace of it's really interesting to me. Even the ones with tempo, like I ain't quite where I think I am, hello you, things where it's like you can feel the tempo of the monkeys fighting to get out, but you've sort of found a way to say, yeah, yeah, but like try this pace. Yeah, like it feels those songs feel faster than they are. Like they're all they're all like kind of a standard sort of eighty five beats per minute, but you've got this kind of four thing going on the whole time, and it feels like you're fighting for tempo, but it's like the songs don't want it. That's interesting. The the idea of the fight and the, the band trying to get out of the because I feel that we, we there was some discussions to that effect. Not so much the recording, I suppose, but like the period after where we were kind of mixing and putting it all together and kind of finding like you know discovering the path through it there was this you mentioned like there's the strings on there of course before one of the ideas with that was just to try and i mean it seems obvious but everything has its space and takes its turn but yeah the idea of that kind of I don't know if it's not a battle between like the band and like this other sound or something. No, no, but it's it kind is. Of like a, it is. Right. The strings are loud, and that's what I love about them. Mm. Most people try and create string sections for songs to embellish the arrangement and to squeeze a little more emotion out of me mm. or the fan. It's like, oh, I can press that button. I just got to put a string chord head on there. And it's not that at all. I feel in a weird way that there are times it feels like the band's supporting the, the, the orchestra. And I think it was important for us to try and get somewhere with that with the dynamics of that whole situation and not i suppose it's not just like the the between the strings and the band even but i i think in like on that track sculptures of anything goes on there i feel like where we ended up with the mix of that is it's just the moog for most of it and then the band come in and play a bar and then disappear in the background again or something. It's like, I, I don't know, we're kind of having a bit more fun with some, them, those types of ideas. I, I mean, I, I know describing music's really hard. I've made a career out of trying to get people to do it. It's really hard. But where did this kind of playfulness come from, do you think? Do you, are you any closer to identifying how you and the band settled on the way this album feels and sounds? And I think in the, when I, I was trying to think about this the other day, and I, I think in the last 10 years, 
Oh, so you know, since I um, everything before that, I felt like we, you know, there was this, there's this, there's it was connected to like a rehearsal space, sort of the songs, and you know, and even like Suck It and See, especially, was just it was totally like we worked everything out in the practice room facing each other, and then we went and recorded it exactly like that, mm. no other like you know, with no with very little discussion and kind of just like, and then at AM sort of started to experiment a bit more with the studio I suppose and like the idea of that and then since then I can't remember like a rehearsal really I don't think like in a, that, 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 that whole the function of that space in terms of in relation to making records I don't just feel like it hasn't been there for a while now it's all been around you know I sort of then at, like at that point during AM, we started to kind of doing a bit of like the, the demos on the four track and that, and then mm. I sort of the piano came into went play. into that. Yeah, and the piano came in there like at some point, but I I don't know if it's less about the piano coming in there, more about like the fact I was sort of the me recording myself as part of the writing process might have been the you know kind of might be responsible for some of the shifts well that feels to me like more intuition and less analysis right like when you're in a rehearsal room you're trying to get the arrangements and everything tight so you can get in the studio and record them as is you've analyzed every aspect of the song down to its to its perfect as near perfect arrangement as you can you just with a four track like just with a sound and a lyrical idea yeah that's painting on a canvas that's like what the colours, it's endless. And it, yeah, and it's probably going to lead to a different place and it sort of sounds like it has. It definitely does, but it requires a lot of trust in the friendship, I think. And again, I, I think the last two albums give us real insight into how the band relate to each other. Right? We always thought you were that band in a rehearsal room that would go out, best live band on the planet, hard and fast, smash the f*** out of it, break a few hearts and get off stage, right? <laughs> Sorry to simplify it, but that was kind of it for the first like five albums. Yeah. And the last two albums, it's felt, it's felt like... I think we've really seen a trust in the band of who, again, getting back to that point of who does what and how they, how are we going to support these songs in a way that serves the song? I don't think anyone's really sitting around thinking like, what am I going to do with this? Sort of, it's, it doesn't, I mean, they don't tell me if they are. <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure they have the moments like, fuck's sake. <laughs> Here we go again. Here he is. Man just walked in smoking a skinny cigarette with a fucking moog under his arm. Here <laughs> yeah, so, oh, go. God, so you got, so you got now. Oh, okay, uh, here we go. <laughs> I got to say, it's Jamie who got the moog, though, by the way. Jamie's the sneaky one. Man. Yeah, he was. He got the moog. He kept, that, that sculptures thing is sort of, he's responsible for that. He's like the king of culture in the band that no one really realizes, right? Everyone thinks, like, he comes in and he's like... How about we? <laughs> I can't do Jamie, but you know what I mean. He's the. I feel like he's been quietly going out there, just changing. Yeah, there is like I think there's that there is that trust there, and it sort of goes both ways as well. And that the like I can remember like on the last record, sort of with the that star treatment song, and when I kind of had the vague sketch of like what that could. You know, sort of what I was, I was like kind of reaching for it and had the demo of that. And I'm sort of like playing it to Nick, and I'm not really, I'm sort of, oh, I've got, I'm not sure about it. And he, he, and I remember him going, no, like, no, this is like, like, go bark up that tree, like a bit more. So it's, it's normal, it's, it's usually like that. 
Does it surprise you? I mean, this as a genuine question. I'm not poking around. Does it surprise you when you go back on a stage and you return and there's like 80,000 people in front of you and you think about the band you are now and what inspires you and the kind of records you want to make? And that was like, that kind of crowd came to you so fast and yet you're still able to go out there and almost subvert now. Like when you play a song like Mirrorball in front of that crowd, yeah, you play Brian Storm, but it's not about Brian Storm anymore entirely, right? It's like you, you've traveled so far. We've been doing that a little bit lately, you know, playing shows again. And I think it's, it, for the first bunch, we didn't play any of the, the new um, new record. And then, but, and when we, that and that's see, was quite unusual for us. I don't, I can't remember doing that before. You started your comeback tour with Do I Want to Know on AM. Right, yeah, I think that was. started with a new song, it wasn't even out. I think that was always the strategy in the past was like that kind of even just to, I don't know sort of show ourselves that we were on the move still wriggling yeah but I don't know this time we we it, it took us like a couple of weeks to to play something new and it was when we did that it seemed to like make sense again a little bit more not that it didn't make sense like in the first place but it was because it was it it definitely the I don't know something in like the balance and our world up there on the stage like seemed to be it got, everything got a bit more connected like once we add the, the, something new in there. There's a theory. I don't know if you heard this theory. Someone put a theory up. It was interesting to me. You don't have to qualify it otherwise. I'm going to share it though. That Mirrorball in its sort of, it's it's a very, it's a terribly sad, unrequited experience, right? It's like it's time all things run their course. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a theory going on that you are acknowledging that along the way, even the relationship that you have with people who appreciate your music is just going to run its course and new people will come and other people will go and new people will come and people will go. And I would never suggest you would be as like literal as that. Mm. But it's interesting the way that people kind of look into your lyrics and the way that you apply them and, and what you write. Can you, what can you tell us about Mirable, about what was going through you at that moment when, when those words presented themselves? I think it okay. I think it has as much to do with the other elements that make up the song as it does the lyric. And like I said before, that instrumental thing I had um, that's on the on the front of it had been around for a while. And I feel as though like the first words is is almost like reacting to that uh, piece of music. They wanted to cut it off for the radio like that thing on the on, on the start no the the before that before the before the stabs like the, you know of course like who there was a discussion about the who? To, to, to do an edit I'm sorry, i mean that's fine i'm not but i'm sorry just hold your thought i'm sorry if i'm offending anybody or whatever but like who thinks about what works or doesn't work on the radio anymore <laughs> this just honestly blows my mind like i know that's rich coming from a radio guy but it's like, <laughs> like okay it sounds a bit like the 70s but <laughs> <laughs> but it's like also don't you okay don't spend 60 seconds fading a song out that goes without saying but like <laughs> yeah. well, i don't know man I, I i i don't know i think i think we've got to give people credit now i think it's if it's good and it's beautiful and it's interesting it's all of the above but the thing like the sort of the, the thing that i based the tantrum about that on was <laughs> the idea that this first lyric isn't it it's like it doesn't it doesn't land if you don't have the like intro on it to say that after that thing is amusing yeah. but to just sort of come out of nowhere with a couple of stabs and jump into like don't get emotional doesn't make any sense yeah at all. It's, it's a punchline with no lead up so i think all the all the components have to 
It's a hell of an opening line, though, for an album. I mean, it's a heck of a way to start. Maybe this is all just a pointless dance around architecture, but for me, as a as a fan whose job is to look into this stuff way deeper than you probably ever would allow yourself to, don't get emotional is like all time way to start an album. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what do you want me to do with that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> what you've done with every one of my compliments. <laughs> nice one. Appreciate. I it. mean, yeah. No, thank you. Seriously, no. I mean, I like. You know. Do you get emotional when you write that, when you listen back to it? Does it strike you in the same way it strikes us? Yeah, because that's what it's supposed to do, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the... At this point in time, though, I've heard it a lot more than I've probably heard any of our tunes ever, just because, like I said, it's been a long time since it... It's been hanging around for a long time. I would suggest that you listen to it, though, because I'm sure it's been mixed along for a long time, too. Yeah. That's encouraging. I I was working on this video for it, and so like that added like another, you know, fifteen hundred lessons. I think. Did you direct the video? Yeah. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, um, it was pretty. It was kind of accidental, and it started with when we went to do the session in the countryside in France last summer in in England. This time, yeah, we this was the first. This is the first time we've made a record in the English countryside during the summer since whatever people say I am that's what I'm not I've heard of that album yeah so it's amazing that you made that it's amazing that I just said that full uh, how long was the last title? time you said that album in full <laughs> I don't know man wow you might Stop be the press you might be friends with that album again <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun like playing some of them songs recently yeah man I was gonna ask you like who were you then like thinking back on that man on that time yeah and yeah, you were totally shooting from the hip then as well. It wasn't like that was premeditated. Everyone talks about that album as the top 500 greatest albums of all time. That was a weird f-ing album. When that came out, and I would play that to people before it came out. Because maybe you gave me that copy for Christmas. I went home to New Zealand and played to everybody. I'm sorry to break it to you. I was the Leakatron. I was just playing it to everybody, right? And they were just like, I've never heard anything like this before in my life. And it became something that everyone accepted. But it was f- not that. There's some there's some strange moments on there. Strange yeah. moments on there, man. But <laughs> what makes you come out kicking like that, man? Making those songs. Yeah. Playing that show at the store and playing the only two songs any of us knew first. <laughs> and then playing all the demos for the fans on I the feel floor. Like that after. kind of those kind of decisions, I think, are, that's like Jamie territory. I think that, that you know, I mean, I wouldn't have be suggesting that probably I'd be the one and they'd be like are you sure about that I don't know but I've had had sort of hard time accepting how long ago it was sometimes we just we just did Reading and Leeds again like a a few weeks ago and um, I found myself thinking about the first time we did that in 2005 but specifically like I was I was it was the week before it this summer and I was sort of I can really remember the week before that, Reading in 2005. That was a traumatic time. You were, it was album number... No, that was, was the first, first one. Time. Yeah, for, oh, like the in tent. The tent. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, tent. yeah. I can't, you know, I can't really remember anything after the tour manager grabbing like the curtain behind and like opening it and we like walked onto the stage. But, but everything before that, I can really remember like vividly that like, week leading up to it and like being sort of like, excited about it and everything and then it occurred to me that that was 17 years ago that when it was uh and for some reason i don't know that number like 
I remember 2000 and whenever you headlined and you came on to the long Good Friday. We were doing that again a bit uh, in uh, this summer, actually. Yeah, because just taking it all full circle, weren't we? Couldn't f- ourselves. <laughs> but <laughs> we were like, yeah, let's get that one. Let's- ah, the ever wriggly Arctic monkeys can't shake the old intro yeah, classics. Yeah, let's get the old intro. That was though with the red lights pumping out over that crowd and i remember like god nick must have been in the band for weeks in the is that the was that that was the year after then yeah weren't it 2006 yeah yeah yeah. andy had just left the band yeah that was that was that time now how do you even i mean you caught lightning in a bottle right it was that that was like looking back on that what a crazy most bands don't survive that do you is, is there an album or a moment when you knew that you had kind of been able to wrestle yourselves back from that that like we got out of that got out of that because like, yeah because <laughs> yeah. because dude what what that is at that time those first two albums and like headlining glastonbury on album number one off that doesn't mm. happen right and so what happens is there's a huge wave that crashes and you're in this undertow thrashing around and we're all like oh yeah this is great watch them thrash around and like a lot of bands don't come up for air doing that the third record and going out to the desert and experience was really important for i think coming to the realization that there's there's some there's somewhere to go like you you know creatively and that you know decision to go there and and work with him i think was a is a was a massive part of this whole you know the fact that we are still kind of going on mm. now and then when it got to like the am record then it sort of it definitely was a different thing then I think that's that's your most complete tempo related record out of out of the out of that group of albums before we get into the tranquility based era, which to me feels like it's like immersing yourself in different textures and sounds and flow and feel and arrangement and everything else. But like AM to me is like, oh, that's kind of it's kind of a perfect album, AM. I, I think that was deliberate. You know, people talk about <laughs> accidentally perfect. <laughs> the idea of the car, I actually called it, bro. How about a, talk about a fast track to friendship? I said the car is the best album title of the year. It's so emotive. It's so emotive. It's like magic, crazy happens in cars. Your your earliest childhood memories are in cars. You remember those dates that you go on that matter to you when you're a kid because you're driving and they're in the passenger seat and you're thinking, where do we go? Like, where are we eating? What are we? It's everything about it. And the <laughs> yeah. smell. Yeah. Finally, like. It's, it's, yeah, people just keep asking me, why, why are the car? Because it's, it's, it's fucking obvious. <laughs> it's like, like, and once you realize. And, and, and when I die, yeah. in my top 10 memories that flash through my mind, I reckon a, a few of them are going to be in a car. Right. I just don't think I could have lived with myself knowing I had an opportunity to call something the car and not, not done it, not gone through it. And no one and done it it's like who does something yeah. no one's done anymore especially something as obvious as that the car you didn't even have to spell it weird like google bust it <laughs> you didn't have to be like k-a-r-r great photo by matt helders yeah and i think you know that was the uh yeah there's a car in the middle of it <laughs> it's more than that don't be so disrespectful to his framework no, of course not. No, no. I mean, in terms of why, you know, why the title ended up being that. Yeah, of course. But it's a picture. But it's more than that, right? It's it's either abandoned or someone's in there having some kind of serious moment because no one goes to a, to the top of a car park willingly. 
no one. I thought, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, I was, the, the moment I when he sent it to me for the first time, I sort of thought, I hope he lets us use this for the album cover. If I said to you, most vivid memory in a car right now. Oh, wow. Uh, closest thing to a breakfast show question I could throw at you. Yeah, well, stay with me. Yeah, stay just, with it's like me. there's the one, isn't there? Stay it's like, with me. That the one. That's the one. I go, I, I went back. To, you know, to be honest, uh, I went back to being a kid, and there's uh, there's swing music playing, and yeah, me dad. You know, we quite often have big band music on in the car, and he'd he'd kind of, you know, like pinch me on the brass stabs sometimes. Yeah. So you wrote the song after you saw the photo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Have you done that before? Was that a thing? There's a few songs on here that. In, there's a few songs on here in which I say the two words, the car, mm. like three or four times, I think it happened. I was like, I'm either going to have to change some of them or just double down and call it the, the whole thing. Double down always. Yeah. I would love to talk about your performance on this record, performance on this record, on this album. The The vocal performance is beautiful and... I read somewhere, I don't know if, it, if you said this or if it's an old interview or whatever, but, but sometimes you're, you're sort of trying rather, you, you, it's a feeling that you're going for rather than a narrative, that it's, you're trying to find a way to listen back to something and say, I captured the feeling of it rather than I told the story. Does that sound familiar or make sense in, that, in relation to this? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Um, it, it's, um, yeah, and I think, you know, the moment you sort of get, too focused on like the the technical side of things it, it, it it's it's um yeah it's sort of, i feel like the singing like vocal performances that one of them things you try and sort of what is it the golfers say like uh get out of your own way something like that right probably not just golfers that say that but um prominent within the golfing community, nonetheless. I reckon. I, I don't know. Have you ever played? A little bit, yeah. I, I feel like, I, like I've, I would like to start doing I'm into sort of it. I just, I just started doing a couple of practices. Did you? Yeah, yeah. A couple of lessons. Jamie and I went to the driving range the other week. It's and not it was good for you. It's, not good. it's fun, but it's not good for you. What you need is for someone to literally take you to one side and, and teach you the little tricks of the trade. Yeah. Who's Mr. Schwartz? Is it too literal for me to ask that question? I don't know. It feels like there's maybe there's this, this sort of a some sort of production going on in the background of the whole time through this record. There's like someone's like setting up some lights and carrying a ladder, and I don't know. And it feels like he's uh, he's got something to do with that. So this is kind of a retelling of of there's a story to this, and this album is the soundtrack to the set being built and the stage being set i don't know i'm not like if i'm going that far but it just I, I just when i look at the what's written there it just feels like this, this there are things that allude to that kind of that keep cropping up um 
Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever heard you finger pick like that before. Or was it Cookie? That's me, yeah, on the fingers. You're showing off on the guitar again. It's interesting. It this, took this long to for me, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's taken a long time for you to, 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 to get into that space. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah that, that was probably one of those moments when they were like, oh, God, here we go. No, I wanted to, well, I wondered how you felt when you were recording that song because it's kind of out of character according to what we've heard in the past. It's like, it's beautiful playing and it's a beautiful song. It's one of my favorite songs on the album, actually. Nice but it's, um, it's interesting hearing you kind of go there. Yeah, I I think maybe the only other time I can remember doing something like that's maybe on the the submarine tunes. Maybe there's maybe some picking on one of them, but I've had more time to practice since then. Do you still play guitar much? More so on this, certainly. Yeah, yeah, I've, and and sort of almost every night. Really, <laughs> well. that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, like in front of people. Well, obviously, yeah, I mean, yeah, but like, just you mean I don't, I don't know, you sort of, yeah, in the with the coffee sort of thing, yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say more than I was, you know, these last few years. Yeah, that like that that tune, body pain on this new record was sort of, sort of when I had the version of it that I had before we went in the studio and everybody was there, uh, wasn't that distorted or you know there wasn't it wasn't the guitarist wasn't there sort of thing and um i was kind of surprised like when we got in the studio and everyone was there sort of suddenly wanted to stand up and play even and you know and, and uh, yeah kind of give it the big one for a minute uh which I feel like that's you know something something about that was like the energy of like the band being around and that kind of you sort of yeah maybe encourages more of that side to come out or something. I got the I was thinking this reminded me of um, like we're playing we're just back to just jumping around back to the uh, playing the old tunes now like in the show or whatever. We've been playing rich to the rubble. I've been noticing a bit, and uh, I may have clicked on a YouTube link watching that at some point recently. No, it's fun. Just to see and if you still got they still got that old uh, queue up energy going on. Yeah, it's like one of them before that a bit now to be truthful. But I've got this 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 something keeps happening weird. It's like I can't when I start it. I'm by myself, like the band aren't playing yet, and I've um, and it's. I keep like starting it like the the octave lower. I can't it's for some reason I can't when I'm just there by myself in the in like you know in the dressing room or something I'm like maybe I'll practice it and like I can like yeah. get up that to that note. I get but I don't know I sort of don't feel comfortable. I feel I start it and I'm I'm singing it an octave lower again. I'm like I've done it again. And it's not till like they sort of start a few bars in that I can like ramp up into like that you know something that's approaching that character but you're a different person know. bro like I mean when you yeah. wrote that song you were that kid how do you it's, be that kid I now I did it I, we, I did it one night like recently like that and like me and Matt were laughing on stage because it's like I went a bit like Broadway in it out of nowhere I don't know what do you mean I just it went a bit like I was doing that fast bit on Rich to the Rubble at the beginning and oh, I one just, of those nice it somehow just it went just for a second like just a Here's bit like show tuning yeah. 
I, I like I did it. I've like and I turned around to Matt and like I think I like said oh, I went a bit Broadway then and he got he got on it. He was like, wow, yeah. You can probably find it. Somebody's probably found it now. The first thing I said to you, I will be the last thing I said to you. I I love this album, and you know I I don't recognize the band I met back in two thousand five. Whatever, I don't. And it's awesome, you know. It's real life, man. Real life lived, and it keeps just pouring out of you in a beautiful way. And you've all still got your hair, and it's great. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, I, I try not to do it another deadpan nice one, aren't I? But no, thank you, Zed. Thanks for checking out the latest conversation on the interview series, this time with Alex Turner from Arctic Monkeys. Follow the podcast, please, and add a rating or a comment. We appreciate them all. Take care.